this is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 105. I love it when a plan is agreed upon. And with me, as always, is Mr. Tom Church. Yes, yes, I am here. Welcome to me, and I will not say anything about the voice today because it's a good day. Oh, yes, no. Uh, it is a very good day. Uh, we have some big news. Uh, first off, this episode is going to be about planning and dithering in player groups. Uh, I know you probably experienced this. And yeah, players are horribly indecisive. Uh, yeah, particularly... Hurting cats. Particularly if, you're, if the players have just seen a movie where there's a planning scene in it. Um... No, that's that's, I, that's happened to me. So okay. no, not you. No, no. Well, no. we'll get into more. You guys of this are later. always horribly indecisive. Ross, come on. Okay, are, but first off, news. We should. Yeah, why don't you tell your news? We got big news. Uh, we have a new Kickstarter for Base Raiders. This is uh, an adventure called Boiling Point. It is written by Peter Nielsen, aka Tadonori Oyama, on the RPPR forums. And great guy. Yes, great guy. Uh, he's got a great adventure. It is a. It is actually a continuation of Task Force Darknet, which was the exclusive adventure for. Uh, high-level backers of the original Base Raiders Kickstarter, but we've taken that material, expanded upon it, and added a whole base to it. So now you have to find where the base is, then you have to go in there, and then you find there's alien shark people, because it's an underwater base, so of uh, course well, there's Ross, alien shark people. You had me at hello with the shark people. <laughs> yes. That's all you had to say. Yeah, clearly. Actually, Ross, you could have just said, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like boiling point, it's jawsome. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you can see the link on our website. Uh, there's we have maps, we have artwork. We it's in the text is already done where it's an editing and layout. And as soon as the Kickstarter is completed, every backer will receive a playtest draft of it. And then after we get some feedback from that, we'll revise it, perfect it, and then release it in PDF and print. Um, and yeah, no, we're and we have stretch goals for it too. Uh, they, which will include, uh, there will be a stretch goal for Caleb writing death trap material for uh, base raiders. That's right. Caleb can create original death traps for your base raiders campaign if you help support. He this. wants to kill your players. Yes, in highly. If, you, if you just look into his eyes, you see so just if, soulless <laughs> eyes of a of a killer. Wow, I'm sure he'll <laughs> appreciate that when he hears that. I think he will too. Uh, so if you want some Stokesian death traps, uh, you uh, need to get in on this Kickstarter. So uh, send yeah. your money. Send, send your money for yes, death. Please donate. It's only eight dollars for the base, or fifteen for the deluxe PDF, which has all the other supplements I've released so far for uh, base raiders. So, anyways, yeah, awesome stuff. Awesome yeah. stuff. Uh, and we'll of course have actual plays of it, uh, and we will, yeah. They will be actual plays, Ross. Really, are we going to do that? Yeah, no, we're going to. Wow, play, I'm going to force you guys to play Base Raiders again. I know Holy you, crap! Yeah, I know you hate it so much. So, I mean, superheroes yeah. and all this. Sh- God, and mutants and monsters. Fuck I mean, that, Ross. you really hate that stuff, don't you, Tom? Yeah. I just got to tell you, Ross. If we're actually able to negotiate with a couple of the shark people, get them on our side, yeah. I, I'd probably hate you forever because uh, I uh, hate that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Actually, uh, that is a distinct possibility. So there is. I will have to go with that. That that threat of you hating me forever. Right. Well, it won't, not much would change. The <laughs> dynamic is pretty secure. Yeah, no, it is. So, uh, why don't we get with the major topic at hand, which has come up recently? Actually, it's come up a few times, but yeah, uh, I think someone in one of the comments of an episode—I can't remember if it was a main podcast or an actual play—suggested we talk about planning and dithering um, because those oh, two- I think it was duality uh, mm-hmm. when you guys were trying to break into the green zone on the colony planet and. Uh, you couldn't figure out your play, and some listeners are like, oh, this is taking too long. Like, well, to be fair, we are actually 
us, the players, are not actually espionage infiltration experts. Except for Caleb. And except for, obviously, except Caleb, for When I left the room to use the restroom, Caleb explains the real plan. And as you listen on the actual play, then the players are like, oh, okay, here's here's how we do it. And that's that's all. But not every group has a Caleb. And the problem with planning that, or the common trope for me, the common experience for me, is the players have some sort of task that is... You know, lots of obstacles in the way. Well, there's many, it, it, it's something that they have the luxury of planning ahead of time. It's not like uh, they're not being ambushed. No, they they, they have like, to yeah, go we, out. And we do we have a goal, yeah, and we, and we know what it is, but and we but it's not it's not a simple straightforward thing. Right, right, and it's not an immediate thing. So the question is, so how do we do the thing? And my common experience is that the players will tend to start talking about it, and then they either go in circles or it. it, it just players seem to be horribly indecisive about things. Uh, maybe I'm biased because I'm a GM, and no, I think more player. often than not they are. I yeah, mean, occasionally I've gotten a group that you know they click so well that like they can kind of predict predict each other's right. you know thoughts and ideas. But yeah, most of the time it's yeah they they kind of it's kind of. But players are they like, get like they get lost in the planning, right? Well, players are like stereotypical men in romantic comedies, in that they cannot commit. You know, they're like, "Oh, well, we could do this, or we could do that, or we could do that, or we could do this." Okay, we're going to do this, but how do we do it like that or like this? And it's on and 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 on, and no one actually agrees to do on to do a thing, and or even not even like let's vote. Who wants to do this? Who wants to do that? Who wants to do this? You know, mm-hmm. it, it, and so the problem is uh, after, after a certain point, you lose momentum, and then the game just collapses in on itself. Um, okay, that's a common experience, but that, that, that's not the only one. The, the the other time, which I have experienced several times, um, is the GM sort of squat quashes any. Um, yeah, planning. Whatsoever. The planning. Yeah, you can. You start sense. Hey, this plan is the plan. They're they're actually talking about doesn't quite gel with what I have planned. Well, it's or the, the game's like, no, you do this. All right, so you all go out. Okay, so you get to your safe house. All right, sh- should we sneak into the facility or should we just like shoot the missile launchers and storm it? All right, so you guys storm it. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, everyone's players mm-hmm. like, hold, like, hold on, we haven't decided that. And that also sucks because if then the plan, whatever the GM yeah. chooses for you, falls I mean, apart. Yeah, sometimes the GM is the one who gets impatient. Yeah. Well, well the GM always gets impatient, mm. in my experience. But, well, yeah, I mean, but he gets impatient <laughs> to the point that he, you know, he drops he drops a hammer on him. Yeah. And then, so that so you have the two extremes, the, the endlessly dithering, never getting anything done versus the... The GM forces you into a thing, and everyone hates it. And of course, as always, so like, you're, as always, you're, yeah, you're looking for the sweet spot. Yeah, you're looking for the sweet spot. And how do you get that? And there, there's, there's. So for me, um, you know, personally, my my philosophy is like, let the players talk long enough that they decide at least on the broad strokes of the plan. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, are we going to sneak in or are we going to attack? And if they did, or were you going to try and do a social engineering thing and go undercover? Uh, so if you give them the three options and if they choose the main option, then you can go, all right, so you do that. Here's the best way to do that. We're going on to the next scene mm-hmm. and done because detail, a lot of players, even if they decide on the major strokes, you know, yeah. you don't want a point where the players like, do I take, 
the armor-piercing ammo or the hollow Or the pointed, dragon's breath yeah, rounds. Or do, yeah, or do I wear the red cap or the blue cap? I, I, would give I, me a better I, I, Do I want the stun grenades or the white phosphorus? Or maybe a mix. Like, can I get a bandolier? Can I get a bandolier? And how am I going to color code each group? Wait, what if it's dark? And I, I need different I need different textures of tape that I can put on the grenade so I can feel which one would be the right type of grenade. Like, oh, like, and what kind of type of knife? I mean, I could bring a machete, but that's really only good for killing. Do I want a serrated edge? Like, yeah. I mean, what's it, do, better do I want carbon steel or do I want... Yeah. Like, what's going to be... Like, are the are the enemies going to be wearing armor? Or are they... Fl- if they're not wearing heavy armor, then I need serrated. But if they want wearing... I need, like, an ice pick to Eventually you go like, oh, Christ, just <laughs> choose something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you take knife. Yeah, you take knife. You take weapon. Um, so that's for me is what I, when they get the broad strokes, I kind of push them. Um, and I do that through a number of ways. And well, the major way I do is like player character knowledge. Because you remember, there's what the player knows, and then there's what the player character knows. Mm-hmm. And so what I tend to do is like, if, your char- if their characters have knowledge relevant to the planning thing at hand, then I say, your character knows that this is the best optimal route to go. And here's what you need to do. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, break it down into a simple, like, under... So I just feed them a lot of knowledge through their player characters. But anyway, what do you do? Uh, well, I, I, I tend to go, like, I... Actually, I usually, when the, if I know there's going to be a, a situation coming up where they have to do some planning, I work it into what I'm going to do with that session. Like, mm-hmm. I'll make... Pl- okay, this is going to be a planning session. Okay. And so and yeah, we've done that before. Like and that. I think yeah, I think it, it helps where um, if you say okay, like say like, all right, this session you have to break in there. And if they know that's all, if if they if they think okay, this so this session we're, this is the break in scene. I actually n- notice sometimes if you did break it like that, they don't plan as long, or they stick to a basic. How do we do this? You know, do we go in loud or do we go in stealth? Right. But if I say okay, we're going to plan to do this. Then actually, sometimes planning can become the whole session, which you know I I like uh, my one payday game. Yeah, part I part of it is planning out this robbery. Yeah, um, and yeah, like you gave us several options. The first one is: Do you get the item at the warehouse, or do you get it while it's in transit? And mm-hmm. then for both play, we did two play tests actually. Mm-hmm. The first time we went to the warehouse, second time we went while it was in transit. And it, and, and also, then, you like, ha- how do you get it in transit, or how do you yeah. get in the warehouse? And then once you make plans, like all right, well, you have to arrange to have all this stuff happen. So yeah. you br- break into this guy, obviously kill the guy and his dog because yeah, you know. wow. we can't have a dog punching incident again. If only we could. No, well, you were the GM. You, I was we- loving it. Okay, well, dude, I was absolutely loving that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so that's kind of how I handle it. Uh, but that's how, yeah. Um, you're talking about another technique before. Uh, yeah, it's uh, another like, another thing I often do. If I uh, is I like to have actually I, I kind of like to do this regardless yeah. in the game. I like to have like an NPC that's kind of my face man in the group. The mouthpiece. The mouthpiece for the GM. Of course, uh, you know. But a important thing, you cannot let that let this person become like that character. Right. No Mary Sue. No Mary Sue's. Yeah. Yeah. But it always helps to have a mouthpiece in the group so you can respond in character. Yeah. And not just be the GM like, hey guys, come on, this is like you've been at this for twenty minutes now. Yeah. You could actually have like one of the minor NPCs like, guys, we've been in here for an hour. Yeah. Come on, like it's like come on, this is like we 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 don't have the time for this. this Which for- it works a lot better than. You know, it works better to have NPC doing this than GM doing that. Yeah. Uh, that's good, as long as you be sure to limit them so that they're not omniscient mm-hmm. or they're not a Mary Sue. Um, 
that that's a good way of doing it. Um, you know, one thing I do is one thing that comes up a lot often in planning when I'm a GM. I don't know if this happens to you. Is like the players come up with a plan, and they have the more, and so they have an approach that I like. Okay, that would work. Uh, they have a good chance if they make their skill checks, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But then there's one detail that they insist on that you just know is just going to fuck up horribly and is going to just kill any chance your plan has of success. And I try and like there's recently this came up in a trailer Cthulhu game mm-hmm. I'm running. Where the players are like, okay, we want to do this to cause a distraction, and then we'll attack, like, the bad guy's in a house. Mm-hmm. We can cause a distraction in the basement through means, and then we can attack Oh, God, this, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to give a spoiler. No, 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 no. But, and then for me, I, as a GM, I'm like, it would just be much better if you just didn't attack from the ground level, but just went in the basement. Just instead of, you know, make it just everyone go in the basement. So I kind of, like... I think what I about up doing is like you guys know it would be more efficient if you like your guns won't be heard in the basement. So if you, you if you just lure the bad guys into the basement that you have access to, you're better off mm-hmm. than trying to cause them to go in the basement and then you rush in and then you try and get into the basement with them, you know. It mm-hmm. it's it's an easier plan and it's just easier to work through. So I kind of did that through just sort of explicitly like, no, that's it's better if if you if I just modify your plan a little bit that's better, all right? And that that's going to be better. And yeah. so I don't feel like that's I'm handing the game over to the players because they came up with the idea of going in the basement mm-hmm. in the first place, and they had a very clever means of getting in the basement. Um, but there are times I feel I don't think it's overstepping the GM boundaries to just tweak player plans. I don't no, know. I, I I agree. Um, as long as you don't do it too heavy handed, right? It's always the stupid yeah. little details, like because mm-hmm. a lot of times. What you as a GM know, you have a different picture in your mind than what the players know, and so you have to try and get those two approximations within Together, line with it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, yeah, um, I I've done the same thing. Once again, it's always with a light touch. You know, yeah, always let them come up with the plan. Yeah, and then oh, you as the GM, you can even couch it in a. All right, well, like if you have like you know a soldier is one of the characters, like yeah. Well, like, you know this one time you had to go you know, like you had to do a you know some kind of breach yeah a breach into a a stronghold that it was actually easier to go in through the basement rather than through the front door. Right. As long as you can, you can give advice as long and just, but don't, you know, I think that much more, don't let them think it was your idea. Right. Let them think that oh, you came up with a great plan. Here's just some tweaks. Yeah. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's being too easy uh, for them because even if they have a great plan, I mean, in most games they have to stop them. There's a randomized chance of failure. If they fail a skill check, dog punching, dog punching. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and again, for the listeners who aren't aware of this dog punching incident, that was from a Call of Cthulhu game, Tom Rand, where player characters were trying to kidnap a guy, but yeah, in broad two, daylight in a suburban neighborhood. And he had and he had two German shepherds. In the and he, the player characters didn't have a silent way of dealing with the dogs, so they tried to punch the dogs to death. And they kept missing, and kept, the dogs kept hitting. Yeah, so they were being mauled to death slowly by the dogs, because <laughs> the dogs were just nibbling them away with like one point at a time. And finally, they just said, screw it, I shoot the dogs. Like, gunshots but, are heard. And the police come, the, all the neighbors start showing up. They, they still managed to get away. I still I still can't believe you let them get away. You should. I would have had them... The cops. The uh, cops arrest them. I mean, like, that That was... But, but anyway. it did lead to, lead to one of the best pictures Caleb ever sketched. Yes. Uh, good boys. Good boys. Uh, <laughs> uh, Caleb drew him. Caleb was there, so he drew him. And he wasn't in the scene, so he had nothing to do for, like, but no, they, 40 but minutes. But the thing is, I wish... I wish I could have conveyed the look on his face during the incident. Yeah. He is it's I think it's utter shock and absolute joy. 
that this yeah. was happening. And this is the problem. This is why you want to have planning in games mm-hmm. because otherwise you get things like dog punching. Because like if your target is to, if your goal is to kidnap a dude, you really do need more than to walk up to him and grab like, him. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> You need something a little more like, than Does that. this cloth smell like chloroform to you? They didn't even have that. They, they, they didn't even have chloroform. They didn't even have chloroform. Uh, they could have easily obtained chloroform. They could have. They could have. And then you could have had the guy die because chloroform is really hard. Now, to, to be use. fair, okay, it was like one player in particular was pretty much leading this plan. The other was kind of just going along with right, it. Right, but... But his plan was basically, I'm just going to grab the guy. Yeah. It's just... Literally, yeah, that, and that's why you want, you want to encourage planning because you want games like... I know there's a lot of games that are basically frustrated efforts. You know, a lot of, like, the old-school D&D things or, like, a lot of old-school Call of Cthulhu games are like, well, you didn't figure out what the GM was thinking, and you failed some skill checks, so you don't... You, you just... There's nothing yeah. going on. You can't figure out where the plot is, even. And so I hate those kind of games mm-hmm. where you don't know if you're, you know, like, oh, you're in a dungeon. Well, you find a... You've... You've exa- you you can't find the secret door to the actual boss room, mm-hmm. and so the player's like, "Well, we've cleared every room in here. Yeah, what do you do?" And the GM's just like, "He thinks it's fun to be a have a poker face and not tell you where the fucking boss is." You know, yeah. it's just stupid. But yeah. that's we don't like that as players. GMs. No, no, we don't. But some of the GMs think it's their duty to do that. It's that old school adversarial thing, and you want to have a fair challenge for players. You don't want to be the care bear kind of thing, but you don't want to be this kind of like. No, I'm going to let you waste all your time because you're. I'm not going to give you anything. You know mm-hmm. that that's just. Uh, but anyways, that so you yeah. want to encourage planning because planning helps to reduce that kind of frustrated, wasted mm-hmm. games where yeah. nothing. I've happens. also discovered like if players actually do it, like do some planning, they feel more in the feel like the, the the plot you made is more theirs. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I love planning sessions mm-hmm. as a player because uh, it suddenly it's not just we're not like, you're not just going along with the with the scenario the GM came yeah. up this is now your scenario you have initiative yeah. you have the you have the, the chance to make an impact um and that that matters and so the problem <coughs> is you see for me as a player I'm, I I have no problem coming up with plans and executing them I'm just like mm-hmm. all right let's do this and try it I, no, I've noticed that yeah but other players aren't like that like that's mm-hmm. kind of the rarity I think is mo- a lot of players are very indecisive about this I mean, hurting uh, uh, hurting cats comes to mind, you know. Yeah. So, why do you think that is? Um, I think in some cases it might be a little bit if it is indecisiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, um, well, any regular listeners, like Aaron, especially recently, Aaron has actually thought up of some pretty interesting plans. Yeah. But I think the only th- his only problem is I don't think he commits to them. Yeah. I mean, he thinks up, and I'm I've been in games with him where he's like, I, when he's he lets out this idea. I'm like, Holy crap! That that's a good idea, but I mean, what, what what I mean, if you guys think it's okay, he'll say that. Or, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of it is just they don't believe that they can actually plan something like that. Like they yeah. don't they don't believe that. Like he's like, oh, I'm kind of a newcomer in this. I mean, and you don't no, dude, that's a good idea. Yeah, but some people, it's I think it's one is indecisiveness. Two, two planning is a collaborative effort. Yeah. And I've known some players, I don't think any in our group, but I've known some players where, okay, we need to plan like, all right, guys, listen up. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. They, well, I think, yeah, the, the, the whole collaboration thing is hard for a lot of players because I think mm-hmm. I notice it's a very, you know, there's the geek social fallacies and stuff like that. And there's there's a kind of, I mean, I don't want to make stereotypical jokes about geeks and nerds or whatever about gamers, but there are a lot of players I know who have a hard time 
like even just basic conversational stuff mm-hmm. they step on each other when they're talking you know and trying just they they i want to say this one thing i'm not going to look pay attention to anybody else i'm just going to keep talking even though someone else is trying to talk mm-hmm. or i'm going to i'm going to oh someone else is trying to get to talk i'm not going to give them a chance to talk and blah 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 and that other player gets discouraged and it just is really like gm i feel like uh, like 20 percent of my time i feel is like no here david you could talk all right just you you quiet down you you talk now mm-hmm. or drew you 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 quiet down all right you know it's just very very basic mm-hmm. kind of stuff and players pay attention to the other players in your group for god's sake for completely say please let them talk also make sure you can be ta- you know if someone's talking too much let them know that they're talking too much everyone should be able uh, to talk yeah, yeah some people don't just don't know when to stop exactly and it's just like Jesus Christ! Fucking let other people talk, you know. It's and that, and that's another problem. So it's just how if the players haven't learned basic collaborative skills in general, it's kind of hard to yeah. do this. And and that's why you as GM, the GM need to know, you know, need to know your group because yeah. you might have to, you know, do some of that stepping in because you know, okay, like all right, well, this player right here, he tend he kind of wants to talk all the time, so yeah, you might, you know, at that point, you realize, well, then I might need to. Throw in a little GM, yeah, yeah, you know, GM advice in this game more than sometimes you don't have to do anything. Sometimes yeah. when like okay, well, you ha- here's your objective, and I've been in some games like, and especially in this group where we all just kind of all right, here's what we got to do. Let's all think. Let's all let's all put our heads into this. Yeah, it's, it's you, if you know your if you know your group, you trust each other. You better you're yeah you can you can do a planning session a lot easier than a like bunch of new guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, certainly if the group has a good dynamic, uh, that makes a lot of uh, effort. And you should try and help encourage that kind of dynamic. I mean, yeah. say things before games. Try not to single out individual players for bad behavior, but, you know, just kind of... Mm. Like, I, I actually, incidentally, I'm going to be running uh, my payday game yeah. in December when I, I'm going to Seattle again. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to run that scenario for one of, one of my friends, but then he's going to bring in, like, four other guys that I've never met before. Oh, yeah. And that's, as you know, the, that first payday game, half of it is a, just a plan. Yeah. So I'm actually probably going to have to... I, I knew that when I brought that game to, to this group, yeah. uh, like, I could just, all right, and just shake things up and go. Yeah. But that one, I'm going to have to change my game up probably. Yeah. Because, well, he's, I mean, he says they're really experienced gamers and they get along well with each other, but they don't know me. Yeah, this is true. So, um, and, I mean, that's the other thing is like mm-hmm. planning is certainly doesn't have to like there are it's fun to do planning sessions but plans have to happen you know mm-hmm. within the sessions you have to kind of figure out how much time you want to devote to that so like for you for when you're running payday for a group with me or caleb in it you know you know we we can come up with a basic plan pretty quickly and not only that but you come up with a plan and execute it quickly yeah one thing is also is break it up into smaller plans like mm-hmm. the goal is to steal the item but so but, like, but for that you like you need this you need this and you need right. this. Right. So the first step is like we need. All right, we want to get in the warehouse. All yeah. right. So we need to get the guy's ID. So we need to go to his house. How are we going to go to his house and break in and get the thing? Inevitably kill him and his dog. Because well, yeah, because of reasons. Because uh, <laughs> I gave you I gave you guns and yeah. No, you did. By the way, that's totally the thing. But yeah, if you give your players guns, they're going to use them. Yeah. No. That's yeah. That's, that's a fair point. Um, and you just kind of. Uh, have to roll with the uh, the adaptations, um, you know, and, and and so like with planning, um, 
Another thing is, uh, aside from you know, make, breaking up into smaller things, and then do action scenes in between mm-hmm. it, or sort of scenes to like to see how the plan goes, because like you have to do step one before you get to step yeah. five. And also, no plan survives the initial you know execution. Yeah. Uh, one thing you can do is also do simultaneous plans, like certain plans, especially like ocean style, Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven style kind of heist. Like they're all doing something at the same time, right? So it's kind of a project management. All right, so this guy needs this much time to to drill through the safe door. Uh, this guy needs this much time to disable the alarm. So it's kind of like you're you're you know if you look into the field of project management, you're like, all right, I have these workers who are doing this and they have this kind of output. So uh, what's my schedule like? So mm-hmm. that could be a whole thing is just scheduling. <laughs> Uh, who does what and when and where, um, and that's that's important. But you know, like that 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 can make it fun to make it more more mm-hmm. complex. Um, and also, I think it's also important you as a GM don't be afraid to throw to actually throw some monkey wrenches in it too. Oh, definitely, definitely. It can't nothing like you said. Nothing. So mm-hmm. no plan survives initial contact. Because with the I've actually I've been in a couple of games with other GMs who we've made a plan. And he was a, but once he made it, he was like afraid to. De- the GM was afraid to deviate from it. Oh yeah. I mean, I was thinking like you know, in the case of like payday, like all that planning, I could have just done something like a fire breaks out in a small building right across the street. Yeah. So now there's now there's a whole bunch of fire trucks and extra cops in the area. Yeah. Just something simple like that. Yeah. No, that could. But yeah, you've you've also yeah don't yeah do you, okay you don't have to totally screw them over like. It's like okay, like get to the warehouse. Like oh well, there's like there's six SWAT teams there now. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean that's just saying no. You can't shut mm. the players down. Um, but yeah, but definitely as a GM, don't be afraid to don't be yeah, don't be afraid to throw a monkey wrench into. The oh, plane. you have to, you have yeah. to. At a certain, you, I mean, like to a certain degree. I mean, you don't, like again, you don't do the six SWAT teams, but you have to like what the players know, what the player characters know about their assumptions about the plan mm-hmm. in order to work cannot be 100% correct. I mean, it just never works out that way. You no. know, like, the guy yeah. has like, the ID like, card, but it turns out uh, it, no no player character will look like him, you know? Yeah, no, you or, it, or it only opens two of the three doors you right. need. Right, so you have to figure out a way through door three. Or you're expecting three guards, and just on that night, there's five. Right, you can only page four. Uh, exactly. Uh, Fucking hell, God <laughs> So... By the well, way, I... Out of quick, wouldn't you love to be like the guy for working for the security companies taking those calls? <laughs> like, like man, I've gotten three like three false alarms today. Yeah, I know. There's all all do all our guards sound the same? They all sound like the Swedish guy. I know. Like, like, and after four, like I don't know, then the fifth one, I don't think so. No, this not is four. Yeah, no, no, not four. No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, payday two jokes for uh, listeners. Yeah. Um, Another thing is obviously to interrupt the planning. One monkey wrench you can do is interrupt the planning session itself. Mm. Uh, Caleb did this, which we'll get into more in our anecdote session because uh, we were planning the thing in a Delta Green game mm. he was running, and so we got he. Caleb took the uh, uh, a tip from Raymond Chandler, I think, which is when in doubt, have two guys with guns uh, kick in the door and yeah. start shooting, which basically happened, and. That that's certainly one valid thing is to have the players interrupted while their characters are planning. You know, their safe house is attacked. Not necessarily their safe house attack. Maybe an NPC comes in wounded. And he's like, "Oh my god, they've stepped up patrols. The Nazis are everywhere." Or mm-hmm. um, you know, some some other th- event that requires their attention. Or like, um, 
So that that could be one way of doing that. Um, you know, another thing is sometimes you can make it easier for them. You know, like oh, there's only one door instead of three instead of two doors. Oh, great, we're fine. You know, mm-hmm. um, but you know you can always balance it out. But then you, you can always get them more suspicious. Like oh, well, why do they only have one door? What are, what are what are we what are we missing out? What else like, do we get wrong? Like, like hey, like. What happened to the two guards that were supposed to be patrolling this hallway? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, it's it's player Shagoth. What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, for you, what what is your sort of for you? What's a good that between a good planning session when you hear the players planning and a bad pl- like when when you think that they're because uh, one thing actually now that I think about it that is hard for me is like the players are planning something but they're wasting their time and they won't listen to my suggestions or they won't they're just like they're stuck on this eh, we're gonna do this and i can't break them out of it easily uh what about you yeah i've had yeah Does that I've, happen to you it, it has happened like like sometimes like there, there's enough things like one thing sometimes I, I get a player they have like they have either a, this tool or this skill they absolutely have to use oh yeah if everything is, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that definitely happens because yeah. some players want to get in their shtick no matter what. So, like, if you're a ninja, you gotta you know be a sneaky ninja no matter mm-hmm. what. Or if you're a sniper, there you, better you, be someone to snipe. You know, yeah. even if it's like a diplomacy scene, you know, or something. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and um, I think yeah, it's I think mainly it's once again it comes right back down to reminding them this is a team effort. Yeah. You know, you all like this can't be one person's gig. Um, one thing I've, I've learned uh, is that there's a lot of miscommunication between players and GM, and that's why those like the, I was talking about players being stubborn when they're playing mm-hmm. because they have some mis, um, they 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 misunderstand something about they have a different idea of what's going on than what I as the GM have in my head. And so I have to like correct them. No, it's like this, or it's you know, and that that happens a lot because there's a lot of miscommunication between what players have in mind and what the GM has in mind. And so you need as many tools as you can to get like players on the same page as you. So one thing that I find, especially if you're doing a plan with any kind of spatial component to it, where location matters at all, uh, which is like any kind of most pretty much everything other than social combat, social conflict scenes. If you're doing a, like a lawsuit, you know, a courtroom drama, you don't really need. Yeah. Uh, fucking. But otherwise, you really need maps. Maps are really fucking important and they're and, really useful for and, players. And, and yeah, you, you don't need you don't need. Yeah, you don't need like some of the awesome maps. Boiling Point has. Yes. They're uh, super detailed. Yeah, like For payday, I just I did really simple. There's a little hand drawn on the spot. Yeah. Maps. Uh, yeah, no, actually, like, one thing is RPG, uh, drive through RPG, if you search on there, they have, like, a lot of publishers put out these, like, uh, maps of buildings, just generic floor plans of an office. Or, like, I bought one recently for my Trail of Cthulhu game for a farm. Mm-hmm. Here's what a farmstead looks like. Here's the barn, and they have different, like, it's, like, floor plans for a barn. All right. Like, there's your meth lab. Because that, mat- well, that matters, because, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we're going to position ourselves in the barn, and we're going to open up the doors and attack the bad guys when they get close. I'm like, so you kind of need to know exactly what the barn looked like. Mm-hmm. It's, like it's a horse Cause, yeah. stable. Because, yeah. trust me, and maps are, like, watch any movie, maps are a stable of planning sessions. They are. They are. There's always like maps posted on stuck to walls and shit, or they're all gathered around a big map on a so table. So the more and and not just maps too, like external documentation. So like if you come up with some handouts for a guard, like if it's a really important thing, obviously you don't want to do this kind of level of work for every fucking little no. thing they do. Um, and there are some times where you don't want the players to map at all or plan at all. And we'll get to that in a second. But like 
if it's a big thing like a lunar bank bank heist, you not only want maps, you want like guard schedules and like here's a list of all their defenses and here's a list of all their alarms. Here's here's and you taking notes during all this. Yeah, and you taking notes. So like the players have a lot of things to look at and they can sort of process the risks themselves. Uh, and they can ask you questions because then you're on literally on the same page. You're like, no, it's right here. You see, it's right here. And this is how big it is, and this is the range of your sniper rifle. So you mm-hmm. can snipe this guy from over here, you know that kind of thing. But um, so yeah. yeah, I also think it's another thing important for if you're going to have a planning session, make sure your players are playing characters that are into planning. Well, uh, well, okay. Okay. Well, what I if um, I I have I played in some games where the players were um, you know like. SWAT team, you know, SWAT team, Navy SEAL types. Yeah. And in that mindset, all they really want to do is, like, you know, when do we rock and roll? Right. When do we when do we kick, let's just, let's just kick in the doors and just get this shit done. And you're, you're going to say, well, it's not that simple. Like, why not? Yeah. I've been in games where if, but if the players, you know, if they're playing, like, if they're playing spies, they're more likely to... Actually, think it through, but I, I've noticed some system pl- matters too. Yeah, players. Yeah, and also players get into the mindset of the types of characters they're playing. I've discovered. That's a good point. Yeah, because uh, if I, you're uh, playing like a, a criminal enforcer, you know, a leg breaker for the mafia, you're gonna be like, yeah, fuck it, kick down the door and break. Or, legs. Like, or it's like, yeah, we're like we're hijack, like we're gonna like we need to hijack a load of illegal liquor. Like, yeah, the thug is just gonna go. All right, well, you just shoot, you just. And you just shoot the guys in the truck and take it, or point the gun at them, tell them to get out, and that they don't shoot them, and then get mm-hmm. out. Yeah. If you're and, a nice guy, <laughs> and then and, then, and as a GM, you say, well, you know, you actually got to kind of plan this out, like, dude, I'm a thug, yeah. I don't do the planning. Uh, exactly. Um, and so you always say, uh, be aware of your, be aware of the characters they're playing. One thing is, planning doesn't have to take up an entire session. And in fact, no, most it doesn't. Time, it, it shouldn't. Um, so you should know, like when players should be doing play because there are times when players want to get too much into planning like you know i've heard uh, a listener complain like oh my group wants to fucking plan every time they they go to a room with an orc in it they want to plan how they're going to take down the one goddamn orc Mm -hmm. and like all right that can get a little ridiculous if every single thing has to be a planned thing then it's certainly the raymond chandler bit you know send in guys with goons to ambush them like the orc heard you planning to go kill him he's like uh maybe i should go call my yeah. butt to go ambush those assholes before as ice t reads it off for you yes <laughs> clearly sorry uh actually i'm yeah. not but so that's that's another yeah, thing I, is you don't yeah, want to some go- things don't need plans right well i mean has that happened a lot where players get to in love with a couple of times it nothing really that really bogged down the game to the point of breaking but yeah at some point yeah like in the case of an orc i've been in some groups where they just go hey guys i'd just like to remind you this is an orc yeah um, how many of those have we killed? Yeah, I mean seriously, if you go to the, if you go to the charts and look at our kill ratio from us to orcs, we are very like, we're kind of just running up the score now. Yeah, yes. It, sometimes I think even as players should also remind. Yeah, yeah players get it too. Like guys, dude, it's two guys and it's two guys and they're watching TV. Yeah, we can we can break in there. Yeah, um, there there is. Uh, uh, there's certainly that and certainly a lot of times like I'm running Mass Annihilation in Trail of Cthulhu right now and sometimes the players like get caught up in like alright we've got these three leads we want to find out about you know we got this clue we got this clue they're all in different parts of London you know Uh, spoiler alert they're in London now and 
that sometimes they're like, well, who wants to go where? Who wants to do what? And they're like, mm, I don't know. Because now they're at the part of the campaign. And to be fair, they have some right to have some trepidation about it. Because, like, if they go to the wrong place and ask the wrong questions, they could get killed, you know. Yeah. Which <laughs> can't happen, much to my amusement. But, you know, it's not fair to them. So... It's kind of I'm kind of in a dilemma right now about planning because like every now they're at the point where like it really matters if they split up or not to look up clues because it might be just an innocent old one person with important information about the their mm-hmm. their camp their investigation or it could be you know a cultist who wants to yeah. murder them or Charlie as, Chaplin yeah or Charlie Chaplin uh, so they have to take spend a lot but they can't be paralyzed by like. Because I don't want to spend like half an hour like, oh, God, what are you guys going to do? Just pick a clue and go with it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's uh, certainly a uh, dilemma. Yeah. And also with plan. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to do plan every time because players will get tired if the, the same thing keeps happening over and over. Oh, yeah. No, you have to keep it varied. You can't. Mm-hmm. You cannot have ambush. If they take too long, always ambush. If you, if you come up with these rote responses, that's terrible. Uh, you need to to keep it varied and reward them occasionally for taking risks or for you know just give them random mm-hmm. rewards. For, uh, just screw up their Pavlovian sense, you know, make it their Skinner box sense. They're like, what? How, what do I do to get reward now? I don't know. You know, just just mess with their heads. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. that that might be a yeah. to And also, once again, remember the cardinal rule of gaming. What you're there to have fun. Oh, and actually, and if you notice, if the planning is not is making I the game different i thought it was kill the players see them driven before you and hear the lamentations of their uh uh no, associates no that's mmos oh yeah but yeah it, if, and if actually if you notice that these if you have elaborate planning sessions and no one's having fun with it oh yeah time to no now it's that's when you know that's again i i seldom do entire sessions i, I try and like the players well, we've really only done one pure planning session oh we've done several well, uh, one that the one that sticks out is the brought the bank heist. Well, you also spent a whole session figuring out how are you going to deal. And here's a new Arcadia mm-hmm. with the um, uh, the big wheel fight. I wasn't there for the big wheel fight. Uh, yeah, I you was arrested. arrested. Yeah, you were arrested. But the players literally spent an entire session like trying to get allies for it and figuring out how they were going to yeah, take the fight. I, I, thanks, son. I could have been there with them planning, but you, you had to arrest you, that, me. No, it was it was literally your backstory of you being a wanted criminal. Well, that's hardly here nor there. Except it's entirely. Yeah, no, here. it was the whole reason. Uh, and you could have <laughs> run away from the police. You, you chose to, you, you surrendered. You, you, you. At the end, I actually still support that decision. It's fine. It was a good role-playing decision. Yeah. Just, just, and it worked out fine in the campaign. I'm just, that's why you weren't in there in the fight? Um, son gun old Hank Schrader on me. <laughs> yes. Blame your son. That's it. I see. Blame your, your NPC. I was proud of him. All right. Fair enough. Um, so I don't know. I, I like planning as a player, mm-hmm. and I like seeing it as a GM. And when it goes well, it's some of the best stuff in gaming because it really rewards players for foresight, for taking intelligent risks, mm-hmm. not just stupid risks. Because you know, a lot of gamers, I think they're just gambling. They're like, "I'll do this. Do I get a good result? All right. Well, I'll go do this." They just kick down doors until they get something they want. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. even in Call of Cthulhu, it doesn't make sense because, like, you could make the right play in Call of Cthulhu, but you still don't get the clue because you failed the spot hidden check or something. And you know what? Are, you know what can you do? So um, 
when you when you plan well and you reward players correctly for having a good plan, I don't know. It, it, it's it just all comes together. That's it. That's it. I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, uh, and is agreed upon. You know, mm-hmm. through collaboration. I think that's the main thing. Is aside from dithering, is communication skills, um, and that's really what players. If you if you're having problem problems with planning, it might be more communication than the actual planning. Mm-hmm. So. That's, I think, probably a whole topic for another episode is player communication, how to get players to actually talk to each other and not over each other, which I think is really common. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. And also I and also have them listen rather than just wait for their turn to talk. Yes, that is a huge thing. Uh, it, it happens a lot. and Because, uh, yeah, they get stuck in the road or they're not paying attention or they're on their phone. I, I mm-hmm. do that, too, as a player. I'm a GM. Can't. Well, and I was—I think that was my problem with like when we were doing fourth ed combat. Yeah, there was just long periods where it's just, is it my turn to f- attack right. it. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I and not every player likes it. Like I, 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 I was always paying attention during fourth ed fights because I liked the game design of it. I loved like seeing how it all worked out because it was a very like intricate clockwork mechanism that when when it worked it worked really well and it was really amazing to see. It was so much more effective than third ed fight, you know. That's yeah, my opinion, but yeah, each his own. Yeah, I still there's you know I, I found out uh, the the best concept. I I hope I I haven't looked enough into fifth ed, and I don't think they carried on. But remember the warlord from fourth ed? Mm. <laughs> they said there's literally a character build that the fourth ed like diehard fans call called the lazy lord. His whole character concept was shouting at other characters to make them fight for him. Like you go attack that orc. Oh, I attack the orc. You attack that orc. You attack that orc. So like they would literally never uh, like <laughs> unsheath their blade. They'd just be <laughs> screaming the entire fight uh, to for people to get the fuck up and to go attack that orc. And I love that concept. I wanted. I I, I hope if that's not an official fifth ed class that they at least there's a good fan translation of like a lazy lord, just some some asshole yelling at a, the yeah. rest of the members. Yeah, I'll say like fifth edition. I enjoyed it when I played it. Yeah, no, I, I, I've enjoyed the playtests. Um, I still haven't played the official for that yet, uh, but I'll get to that. I've been so working on the Kickstarter. Cause I'm, yeah, because you're Russ. I'm yeah busy. Raw, <laughs> Rouse. Also, Payday 2 has been... Well, they, yeah, especially coming up. Yeah, well, they've revamped the experience table, so like I can win Infamous again. And I just mean what's coming up. Yes, uh, I will, we'll actually mention in the shadows. Yeah, we will, kind of because it's kind of... Holy I mean, shit. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy Payday, but when I saw this, yeah. I'm like, oh no, no fucking way! <laughs> like, well, shit, I'm back on this hardcore now. Yeah. All right. So uh, when we come back, we will have shoutouts and I anecdotes. I'll have a letter for you as well. Oh wait, yeah, we have a letter. Oh my god, I, I, it's been so long, Tom. It's I didn't have a letter the last time. That's it. I know. It's like two months. Oh, Ross is so sad. You're, our listeners are sad. You're the one denying them. You're, but I don't really, see their. I only see your face. You're, that's because you don't go on the Facebook group. They have pictures on the. Th- but their face, their their pictures don't change when they're sad. Is that you're? you're are you telling our listeners to uh, post pictures of themselves? I'm not saying you're saying that, Ross. You're the one implying it. You're saying it. You're impli- You implied it first. How about we just? We'll see you when we get back. Okay, we'll see you. Yeah. gigawatts, Marty. Let's go back to the fucking future. 
Yes, it is again time to go back in time to the early days of my gaming career to bring you more anecdotes that prove how misspent my youth really was. Interestingly, this particular jaunt through history is unique. Normally when I go into detail about an event from the ghost of gaming past is to shed some light on something that was ridiculous or eye-rollingly embarrassing. Not this time. No, today I wish to go back to something truly positive. Something that actually increased my love, of, love and respect for RPGs. It is something I like to call tunnel gaming. Cast your minds back. It is 1988 and I have just turned 8 years old. This is still the time of TMNT and other strangeness and I have been playing pretty steadily for many months. It was fun, but not anything I would call life-altering. We played the game, had good fun, and showed our complete lack of knowledge of reality mixed with a healthy dose of childhood bloodlust. It was all well and good, but it was at this particular year that everything changed. That year, we got a new player to join our little group. I will not reveal his name, as this was an actual person, but he loved RPGs and really wanted to play. But this kid had a problem. His mother was a very nice lady. I had been over to that house many times, and she treated me like another son. She was warm-hearted and as great a person as you could imagine. She was also a strong Christian who believed that RPGs were the devil's game. Yes, it was that time. The 700 Club was going strong, and it was the heyday of misinformation. It was a heyday of sorry of misinformed religious people seeing satanic plots everywhere. This kid's mom was very much a believer in the hype, and she did not want her little boy to get involved in it. This kid knew that games were harmless fun, and he really wanted to get with a group. This is when the tunnel gaming started. To get this kid into our games, we had to employ subterfuge. Gaming at other houses wasn't an option. This kid's mom was on that mysterious parent wire that seemed to connect all parents. We knew that if we, if we played at another kid's house, it would be reported on the wire. We couldn't have that. So we had to find a place to do our games. Luckily, we found a spot. It was an old concrete drainage ditch in the city park. It was big, secluded, and almost always dry in the summer. That became our gaming hole, the place we always went to when the forbidden gamer came with us. When he couldn't make it, we, we gamed at other people's houses, just as most kids did. But it was those games at the tunnel that really stood out. We were just kids, so our idea of breaking the law was breaking the only laws we knew, which were our parents' rules. And looking back on it, the games at the tunnel were always more fun, I think it is the same feeling young people during Prohibition felt when they got into a speakeasy, or when teenagers successfully bought a pack of cigarettes while under 18. We were breaking rules that seemed to hurt no one. It added a thrill to gaming that I never really experienced anywhere but there. I really believe it was that thrill that helped solidify my love of gaming into something I do 26 years later. To be honest, the tunnel games didn't last very long. After that summer, his mom seemed to realize that what we were doing was just a harmless activity, and that mutant animals in New York was hardly worshipping Satan. There was no need to go back to the tunnel after that. Oh, we tried it a couple of times, but the thrill just wasn't there. There was now, there was now a way a legal bar, there was no way a legal bar could compare it to an illegal speakeasy. But we will always have the memory of the tunnel, and I suppose the continued interest in games is a quest to again experience the same high the tunnel brought. And who knows, maybe someday I will find it again. Until then, I continue on a True Blood Gamer. And we're back. We are. We are. That is, uh, I wonder how many other gamers out there have tunnel stories or tunnel yeah. gaming stories. I know it's. I remember playing in storm drains when I was a kid too. I didn't. Oh yeah, everyone I didn't did. Game, yeah, I did. Well, those that had storm drains yeah. accessible. I a lot of construction sites too. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Because we, we were totally responsible. Yeah, no. It was setting, caulking things and setting the, the caulk on fire and throwing. Yeah. Yeah, making messes of things. Yeah, or lighting whole books of matches on fire. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'm, I'm sure I did. I just, yeah. Oh, childhood. So much fun. Um, well, this was before Nint- you know, before we f- got Nintendo fully. That- yeah. Well, it, no, it was, for me, uh, it just, you know, still suburbia, nothing much to do, and uh, being chased out of the house, so, you know. No, I didn't, my parents didn't do that. Once we got the Nintendo, it's pretty much... Well, I guess I know where my fate lies. <laughs> uh, yeah, growing up was different back then. And speaking of back then, let's have some uh, shout-outs. The first one will be something about back then. By back then, I mean World War I. Uh, oh, yes. Storm of Steel. Over there. Ernst Jünger uh, <coughs> is uh, the author. He is an autobiography. Uh, he was a German officer in World War I. Uh, infantry. And he uh, writes his experience of being in... Wounded like over a dozen times, got several iron crosses. And it's interesting because he's very honest about his emotions during the war in terms of like, oh, it was exciting. Uh, we were over the trench. Like he would actually go over the wire to go sneak up on the British trenches just because he was bored. Like, hey, let's go over there. It's kind of like counting coup. You know? Yeah, it, it, exactly. It was very much just like, let's go show off. Uh, and the the. It's it's a very fascinating book for a lot of because he does talk also about the horror of war. Just like yeah, it was, we were in a ditch, and the no man's land was a field of bodies and body parts. And when we dug down, we encountered the people who died two years ago trying to take this field. And just like every yeah, uh, and a lot of it, like the artillery is like the major character, mm-hmm. and the, and not just every single page is like we were bombarded, we were hit with drum fire, we were hit with this. These shells were exploding around. Yeah, they pretty much. I, I've heard that. Yeah, they said like the, the artillery was basically that was the enemy, not soldiers. Yeah, it's not only until like a hundred pages in that he actually has his first battle where he can see the enemy and shoot at them. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is the kind of war I had thought of maneuver warfare and like uh, fighting them." And like he was excited because he actually got to shoot at people instead of just being bombed or bombarded. Um, it's it's a fascinating book, and I'm almost done with it. But um, I thought I'd give it a shout out, uh, especially because Horrors of War is still on Kickstarter, and uh, Sky Glancy has done uh, his stretch goals since they met their major goal uh, for it. Um, and the big one is I don't know if they'll make it or not. At thirty two thousand dollars, they will release two books, and everyone who paid into it gets both books. So they're at eighteen thousand five hundred as of this podcast. So uh, like, come got, on, you get you guys. You I got know about you can 16, do it. 17 days left, so I got about two weeks to raise sixteen grand. So I, I hope them the best. They don't have PDF support yet, so right. come on, Coke brothers, support a good cause for a wow. fraction of what you give for other things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Give to a for-profit corporation. That's that's charity. Uh, well, it's for the arts, you know. Yes. For America. Yeah, it's about I, America. Yeah. It's one of America's more proud moments. The parts that we were in, you know. Well, better late than never. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, you had something. Yeah, um, this well. is a game that's been kind of been it's on Steam uh, rec- recently released. Yeah, Desiree uh, Gamers Gate. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, oh, Five no. Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Which it's it's one of those it's one of those indie games that like oh like okay this is it's an actual finished game. Yeah. Which you know, good job. Been I've had way too. I've bought way way too many that's in progress games. Early access. Yeah, that are kind of. Wow, you don't have eighty percent of this stuff in there. 
but you're still selling it. Yeah. But this one's finished, and it's it's a good horror game. It's a horror game, and it's very simple controls, but they really succeed in making it what tense. What is the premise of Five Nights at Freddy's? Well, you are a security guard in like a Chuck E. Cheese type place. Freddy's. Yeah, Freddy's. And the animatronic animals that are part of the restaurant tend to move around at night. Yeah. And they see you as an animatronic animal without, you know, without a suit. And they try to put you in one. Yeah. Which would kill you. Yeah. And they and they try to do it. Yeah. And all you can stop the witch is cameras and door, two doors that close. Yeah. And it's creepy as shit. Well, you also have limited power. With very limited power. And if you every time you use the cameras or you close the door or use the lights, uh, the power goes lower. If you're on a power, you just you just sit there in the dark, and you hope you get to six a.m. and you you don't you know pass it. Yeah, you don't get you know killed. By yeah, and besides Freddy. one of the you don't see them move. One of them you do. Yeah, that's why. Besides the one, you the really fox, don't the yeah. fox. You can see him to. And by then you're like, oh, uh, if I have about two nanoseconds to close the door before he's there. Yeah. Uh, Apparently he will bang on the door if you catch him just in time. And that him banging on the door uses power up, Mm -hmm. which is does okay. But it's it's a very cheap game. Yeah. Like five bucks. Yeah. And it's a very short game, too. Yeah. Well, if yeah, it's it, one of those games. I pl- I watch all those plays of it. I'm entertained by it, but it's it's just the gameplay seems so stressful. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. And this game is it's tension. Yeah, very. Yeah. And I've seen some people, you know, actually, some actual plays where it's like, oh, 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 oh. some of the yeah, Markiplier kind of exaggerates, but <laughs> yeah, but other people, it's kind of the same way, just not yeah. quite as intense. Um, but it's a great game. Yeah, Matt from the Drunken Ugly actually told me that there's a whole elaborate backstory to it. There's mm-hmm. a whole wiki that goes into the backstory of Friday Nights at Freddy's. Uh, he actually mentioned the idea that one of his players told him, which was to do a crossover game mixing Cool Rat oh, yeah. from Sucrose Park, from Road Trip, uh, you guys remember the Sucrose Park, AP, with Five Nights at Freddy's. So I have to do that. You, Yeah, you do. I have to, just clearly. Um, but uh, also there's Rule 34, which I don't even understand um, how there is, but there is. So it's a, it's a big thing now. It's like it's, a, like, it's mm-hmm. one of those games that really is catching fire with the indie gaming scene. So, like, they've got this whole fan backstories and mm-hmm. theories, and the guy's working on a sequel, and <laughs> they've got Rule 34 for it, which I find hilarious. But, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. It's, it's a game very much worth your money and time. Yeah, or at least just watch a video of it, because, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Rather word, uh, and it'll be in bundles. And uh, and like, if you can, if you're totally cheap, I'm sure it's, it's going to be on sale the next winter sale for mm-hmm. like a dollar. I'll probably, I'll probably just get it to support the guy when it's for a dollar. I, I, I bought it, I bought it a few, I bought it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it's been out for a while. Um, next up, I would like to mention, uh, speaking of video games, uh, Payday 2, uh, which we are all horribly addicted to, uh, is just announced DLC, uh, crossover with Hotline Miami 2. You heard that right. So, uh, guys, and the, the intro vi- masks and the intro video is pretty baller. Pretty baller. Uh, so I'll link to that, but the, the video, uh, so I don't I have no idea what, what it's going to be about, but it's guys in animal masks being really violent. I, oh, my God. It's like, no, no, not him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I'd also like to mention, um, well, actually, you had another shout-out first. Yeah, speaking by, um, I, to go off from Fr- uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah. there's also in the art, yeah, people are doing all kinds of fan art, Yeah, which leads me to uh, my next one, which is, 
the uh, art, I, the artist on like some of you who have been on my uh, Facebook will see these pictures I'm posting for a story I'm writing that yeah. I one artist has done all of them yeah. and uh, she's on Fur Affinity yeah and she is amazingly talented she goes by Pac P A C yeah. on uh, on the site and all of her like she like well it's, her work is just awesome and she's rates if you want like if you want a character portrait for and for a game. She charges, you know, doesn't charge much money, does amazing work. Okay. So I'll link to, I will link to her uh, commissions page. Yeah. But she is definitely, if you're looking for, you know, looking for just a, some art, a piece of like a character art, particularly, she's amazingly talented at. Good. So definitely give her a look. Cool. Um, and I like to mention uh, a movie that I, I've seen recently. I, I, I um, I've seen parts of it way long before, but I finally got around to watching the whole thing. Coffee and cigarettes. I've seen uh, a Jim Jarmusch it. movie. It's it's yeah. a series of little short scenes about people having coffee and cigarettes, and like they have various really talented actors. It, it was filmed over a period of like twenty years. Sorry, like nineteen eighty five. Didn't finish until like two thousand three. And I've seen the one with Iggy Pop and Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. Yeah, that was actually a short film, and then he expanded it into like just a bunch of scenes of people. Like they have. Um, the White Stripes, mm-hmm. Meg and Jack White talking about Tesla coils and shit. And like, <laughs> it's it's just you see, I was working on it while I was editing levels for Delver's Drop, which is also going to come out soon for Steam. Uh, but while I was working on levels, I was watching the movie, and so you could kind of it's like it's something that's perfect. You know, a lot of people I know watch Netflix or TV while they're doing something like that. I do that, yeah. yeah. And so it's the perfect thing to do that because you don't have to be like a hundred percent focused. It's not like Tinker Tailor's Soldier Spy where you need to pick up every detail. But it's pleasant. It's entertaining. It has Bill fucking Murray in it. I mean, Bill and fucking Pop Murray and Tom Waits in it. Uh, and different little. What scenes. more do you want? Yeah. So it's really entertaining. It's on Netflix. Uh, I was I very much enjoyed it. So what awesome. Else, what else do you need? You don't. You you need nothing else, Ross. <laughs> Uh, one other thing is finally Shadows of Yogg-Sothoth. Uh, as I mentioned, is this is the first Call of Cthulhu campaign. Um, I'm running Master Night of Lothotep right now for a secondary group, uh, most of whom were in Hex Hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them were in Hex, Hex Hollow, but it's just those four: um, Sean and Bill. Bill, of course, being a longtime RPR player, and Melissa. And I'm using using Trail Cthulhu rules, but. Um, I have added material from Shadows of Yogg-Sothoth because there's a tie between Masks and Shadows mm-hmm. uh, in a book that John Scott, who is an NPC in Shadows, checks out from the library that Jackson Elias, who is in Mass and Iolithtep, was looking for. So there's this tie over. So I, I use that one little chapter so the players could go to Boston and investigate the Order of the Silver Twilight for various reasons. And then... Uh, so I, I, I liked it. It was it's actually an interesting campaign to read it because like the first chapter is literally here's this organization, the Order of Silver of the Twilight. Here are their leaders. Here's what they're really up to. Just have the players go fuck them up. Just just whatever. Like they go John McClane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's their lodge. They don't even give you a scenario. They just say here's things that you could do, and that's it. Yeah. Crawl around the air ducts of their lodge. I guess. Like, so, do you really think you can stop the old ones, Mister Cowboy? Like, <laughs> so I, I had the players like go there, like just go undercover as a social thing to get some information, and of course, them being player characters, violence ensued. Violence did ensue. Like they like go in the basement looking around for a secret entrance to the caverns below, and they're like, uh, Carl Stanford walks in. It's like, what are you guys doing? You should come back upstairs. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Go on up ahead of us. And they try and 
knock Makaja with the flashlight, roll one for damage, and then they piss off Carl Stanford. Which you should read the Shadows of the Yuxothal to find out who that guy is. <laughs> and it was a fun, it was a fun session. Yeah, yeah, so I highly recommend it. I got it when it was on sale. The best laid plans. Yeah, man. They, that was an example of not planning. Yeah. They were just like, uh, I just hit them over the head. Or like the tea shop incident when I, we ran it. Yeah, no, it was their version of the tea shop incident. It was their, their version of the tea shop. Only I didn't roll one damage when I... No, but you were, did it in broad daylight during business hours. So, you know, other people walked in. And then, you know, you're just a terrible person, Tom. I know. <laughs> you're, or I, I, I truly am. Uh, so that's it for shoutouts. Uh, we should talk about anecdotes now. Okay. Yes. Anecdotes. Uh, so Caleb's been running the Delta Green, ran a, a two-part game of Delta Green using the new playtest rules mm-hmm. in new Delta Green, the official Delta Green, the post 9-11, the, the Homeland Security. Okay, I'm just. You know, you're, you're, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I was going nowhere with that. Um, so we're in part two of the game, the second session, and we like – we're trying to plan like what our next move is. The bad guys, I don't want to spoil, but they're really bad. They are very bad. And we think certain parts of our organization are compromised. And so we don't know what to do. And so we're in our uh, temporary headquarters, which is like an abandoned big box store that's been set up with a lab and a generator. And we are planning. And Tom, why don't you tell? Well, we're planning. <laughs> Think of our next move. I'm the forensics guy, so I'm looking for. I'm I'm researching. Yeah, I, I am using science, and it's all all going great. We're like trying to figure out, like, okay, God, what the fuck is going on? You know that kind of moment because it was. And I had a plan. I was like, we know where this cultist is. Why don't we kidnap him and use him as bait to draw out the real bad guys? Uh, that was my plan. Yeah. I would say, let's go do that. Come on, guys. Let's go do that. And I, then the generator goes out. Yeah. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. You know, why would your first re- reaction be that something's up? Surely maybe it could have just run out of fuel. No. No. All guns came out. Yeah. Which was fortuitous because we soon found ourselves under attack. Yeah. Aaron was nearly killed. Yeah. I did manage to save Hit his Hit points life. are... It's it's Call of Cthulhu. Like if you're technically at zero hit points, you're dead, but you have a chance of being resuscitated by medicine if someone can like get you if you can you know be healed by a doctor in time. It's really and, brutal. Yeah, and thing is that's when those guns are really effective at killing people. Yeah, the new Call of Cthulhu rules and the version of the playtest rules we had, they are insanely dangerous. You do not even get a chance to dodge. You just fucking get hit, and it sucks. Yeah. And yeah, we were attacked, and we while we were planning, while we were planning, Caleb was getting bored. We we, we Caleb was like, "Ah, oh, guys, you take it too long." Ah, you're these guys. And uh, well, to be fair, we did. You know, we won. Yeah, dead by the skin of our teeth. And three we, of our players were knocked out. Like, like I like if you get to two hit points, you're knocked out. So David and I were knocked out. We got to two. <clears throat> we're shot once each. And just, dead. Right? Yeah. Well, not dead. Dead. Out, but yeah, you're out. out. So three severely wounded players. We had full group too. We had six players total. So like, it's a good thing because we didn't. Yeah, uh, and we actually captured one of the bad guys. We found out, but yeah, that was the first thing. So what do you think was that? Did that sufficiently sell you on Delta Green, Tom? Oh well, it, I was sold before, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, there's just so that's I guess the only point that any of those like yeah don't it's like, like don't, okay this is our advice in, in a practice. Caleb game don't go to don't spend too long planning he, he is mm. an impatient god and merciless <laughs> <laughs> he is hi a- Caleb <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sure he'll comment about that in the uh, thing like no I wasn't you guys were uh, all right so anyway uh, next up was actually this Tuesday's uh, duality I'm still running yep. the Tuesday's duality and the players. Um, well, you tell. What was your favorite bit of them? I mean, there was a big set. I was mentioned. Well, I think our favorite bit is when we encountered the um, the enemy, the enemy mercenary team that was. Yeah, you're going to this remote lab where there were bad yeah, things were they happening. Were, they were researching Titan technology. That's not really which always point. is a good idea. Yeah. Well, it was at least a remote lab away mm-hmm. from population centers. But yeah, if things got loose yeah. and the mercenaries were sent in to contain it, and you you guys could pass as the their their employers. Like you have passcodes mm. to say. We, I, I shall be honest. I played it up first. Like they have wounded, and I am playing a doctor. Yeah. And I did. I said, okay, I'm gonna have like, all right, my doctor instincts. Like I should, I should. They're wounded. I should help them. Yeah. And I go to do that. Yeah. And um, of course, and I, I rush over with my, you know, with my, you know, my, my medical bag full of space medicine. Space medicine, <laughs> nano, nano bandages. And. Um, and we start. We kind of start. Okay, like I think everyone else is thinking. Okay, we'll use these guys to get inside. Then we can. Well, that was the plan. Well, first, the first things first. I'm gonna like was, you know, one guy's like trying to push his guts back in. Like I'll help, and I plunge my hands into there, and only then do I notice that he's infected with the I believe the Uzumaki virus. Yeah, Uzumaki. Which Ross initially got really excited. Until you remember, oh, I'm in a synth. I'm in a total synth body. <laughs> there was a visible. Oh, kinda, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But it's kind of partial. But it's I kind of ooh, like it's a good thing I'm a robot right now. <laughs> <laughs> and something okay, we use these guys, but then Caleb decides, no, we just need to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're that, fighting. There's still an active Titan war machine going, fighting, and that the mercenaries are desperately trying to contain so it doesn't go to the population center. Uh, you know, march on the city. I mean, it has exurgent loaded weapons on it. Yeah, no, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's just, it's basically, I describe it as this big, massive thing that's basically eating part of the station. Uh, that, and just, you know, here's a big piece of scrap metal, just puts it on, gong, 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 and yeah. now it has more. And so I think we start to, we fight it. Yeah, and then the moment it's down, and kill and kill the mercenaries. Yeah, that, that is what happened. And I, and I actually get into a gun battle with like the team lieutenant who's a sniper. Yeah, and I will say this: synth bodies are good to not to take damage in. Yeah, uh, that whole get the free uh, pain threshold or free ignore one wound penalty is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, my machines ignore another wound. Yeah, because no, nice. I had to do that because. She was a sniper, and I got into point-blank range with her. Yeah, no, you got some big holes put in you. But not as big as the ones I put in her. No, this is true. But it was it was one of those things where, oh, I get up. Oh, we're killing them. All right, all right. I guess we're going into the killing them now. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was. I was kind of surprised by that. I thought you guys were going to use them as uh, pawns to throw against the real bad guys. But you know. but Caleb saw a video with them. Yeah. Yeah, no, Caleb was kind of pissed. Yeah, uh, for actions that they had done previously. So, and he and he hates. Well, he's not too fond of humans anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, so that was that was a fun time. It was. Um, so, do you still think uh, you should be allowed to play one shots to connect to the main campaign? Yeah, yeah, I do. Because the, the whole point was this remote lab. 
I had done a pre- previously. I'd done a one shot where the characters were workers for that lab, and then things broke loose, and the characters found out, "Oh God, what do we do?" And then they find out, "Oh, we can't possibly escape. They'll they'll come in and kill us no matter what we do." Uh, well, we think so. There's like a ninety percent chance. So so it's figuring like what they're going to do. In the well, I was a gambling. I was not a gambling man. Yeah, <laughs> like ninety percent odds. Like. Release everything. Yeah, fuck those. Fuck the death squad that's coming in to kill us all. <laughs> I paid for it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I got killed. You did, uh, and you made it things dang- more dangerous for your next characters to come through. So. But we we fixed it this time. <laughs> kind of. We fixed it. Kind of. Kind. Of. Yeah. Mm. So okay, good enough. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But yeah, it, everything is. But fine. if you're anyone who runs a one shot that's going to eventually lead into an actual campaign that. Odds are I'm gonna do something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it, Tom? Why do you? Why are you so inspired? Is it just luck, or is it just you? You just you feel that that's your personal goal? Or are you trying to best yourself, or is it to make more challenging? Or oh, is it Ross, just... you may as well ask. Why does the sun rise? <laughs> why does the tide come in? It's just your nature. It's it's my nature. Okay. All <laughs> right. Uh, said the scorpion to the frog. All right, so uh, with that, this has been RPPR episode 105. I love it when a plan is agreed upon. I'm Ross Payton. I'm Tom Church. And we'll see you guys next time. Support Boiling Point! Woo! Kickstarter! Until the waters cease